Pizza City is brought to you in part by United Healthcare. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs. And if not, go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com slash Illinois Motion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. Everything we do is is weighed out and it's very exact. And so if you're doing an ounce less or an ounce more of cheese, the amount of moisture is going to affect the complexity and the, just the stability and all the things we're going for in a crust. It's the less is more mentality of toppings because yep. we're trying to make a perfect balance. A native New Yorker raised on giant street-side slices ends up in the desert as a Las Vegas transplant. Vincent Rotolo is one of the driving forces behind a resurgent pizza community there, due mainly to his commitment to grandma-style slices. How do you move cross-country, then teach locals what shallow, square slices are? The story of good pie, straight ahead. I need a deep-dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Belinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another show this week, everybody. Great to have you along with us. Um, We are headed to the desert this week. I know a lot of people don't think of... Las Vegas as a pizza destination. Maybe you've been there for you know, a weekend with friends, you've been to that secret pizza place at the Cosmopolitan, or you had the sub-marginal pizza at Defara in the Caesars Forum Shops area. Really disappointing, by the way, compared to the original. But um, there's been a resurgence in Vegas, a lot of places, Evil Pie, Good Pie, uh, Metro has been there for quite a while. Um, that really... Uh, John Arena, he is kind of the godfather of pizza in Vegas. He moved there many years ago. He's going to be on a future show, by the way, down down the road here uh, this spring. But we are focusing on Vincent Rotolo this week, a gentleman from New York, um, loves New York so much. His dog is named Brooklyn. And he came to Vegas when he was quite young, actually, with his father, who had moved from New York. And um, he started Good Pie several years ago. It's really a, more of a focus on grandma-style pies. We're going to talk about what that today is. I know a lot of people outside of New York don't really know what grandmas are. Uh, they, they tend to be specifically from that part of, of the country, created in Long Island, I believe. On Long Island, I should say. On Long Island. Um, and uh, Vincent has really made it kind of his mission. You even see lots of old pictures of grandmas on the walls in his restaurant. He's working on a brand new one that's going to open up this spring in the Arts District, not all that far, actually, from the original. Um, it's just north of the Strip. It's kind of between the old downtown and the new glitzy part of the Strip, north of the Stratosphere. And anyway, I met with Vincent not too long ago um, to talk a little bit about how he got to the desert, but also what he's doing with his Detroit and Sicilian uh, grandma and New York slices. He does regular wedges as well. It's really a remarkable little shop. 
definitely hidden away. And um, I would talk to him about how he got started. He really, it started out as a kid um, going to John's on Bleecker Street because that's really where he got his pizza education. I guess in like June of 1985, I was, uh, I started working at John's uh, on the weekends. Uh, I was 12 years old, so my dad lived on Bleecker Street and he went to Our Lady of Pompeii and he kind of had that, um, that Bleecker Street uh, history and then I was living in Brooklyn and would go to Bleecker Street on the weekends. And so I had my neighborhood pizzeria in Brooklyn, which was called Vincent's. And then oh, that's I had, too funny. I know, right? And then I had uh, John's Pizza on Bleecker that I worked at on the weekends. So I was going back and forth from Brooklyn to Lower Manhattan. So ever since you were a little kid, brick oven pizzas, in some cases, coal-fired maybe was your, your memory? coal fire absolutely was the memory. Um, my early years of pizza making, I was grilling pizza I worked with Vincent Scotto. Uh, he was at Alforno in Providence, Rhode Island. And I got their book, and uh, the grilling of the pizza was the closest thing to get that charcoal flavor into the crust. So for me, I did that for a decade. George German, he was a legend. He and Joanne Colleen, yeah. they were the first ones to have grilled pizza. Right, and they wrote the book, uh, and they had the restaurant, uh, you know, Alforno. Um, I actually drove there one day just to eat a pizza and drove back to Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> that was in 1997. Okay, so you you had this pizza experience early as a kid, but then I, I read that you really were in the culinary. You worked for uh, Zakarian, you worked at the Royalton. I mean, tell me about how do you got into that culinary side of things. I was in the pizza business early enough to realize that the waiters in the front of house made like triple the income as a pizza maker. So I made pizzas early, my early teens, and then by the time I was 15 or 16, I became a busser, a server, a bartender, and worked my way up in front of house. Uh, I worked at the Odeon. I worked at Boulay Bakery when it was four stars. Wow. Uh, David Boulay was a chef in there. Um, the downtown culinary scene in the 90s, there were so many cool things going on um, and so many inspirations that you could kind of draw from. But I always kept making pizza like on the weekends or at home. Like I was a home pizza guy and a professional like front of house person for you know two decades. How do you get to Vegas and, and start doing pizza? Well, you know, I, um, I would come visit Vegas. My father lived here. My dad was one of those New Yorkers that like, I'm going to Florida and went to Florida. And then it got cold uh, in New York and then we went to visit him. And so uh, the hurricanes kept coming in. I remember after um, Hurricane Hugo, he's like, that's it. I'm tired of hurricanes. I'm moving where there's no weather and uh, I'm moving to Vegas. So he moved and then I just followed him. Was there any kind of a pizza scene here? You know, there, there wasn't a pizza scene that I was aware of, but I think if you were living in Las Vegas or like an outsider visiting, from the, from the visitor perspective, there's no good pizza, but people who are living here, they knew all those secret hidden places. Okay, so as you're here, are you, when are you thinking like, I'm going to open a pizza place? Because Good Pie took a while. Well, yeah, I thought from day one. The day I moved here um, was the day Dom DeMarco's in uh, Summerlin opened, and I literally like was living in Vegas for two hours. And I was sitting at the bar there talking to Albert, the owner, and he was like my first, my first real pizza friend and first friend in Vegas. And then that was the plan from that moment on, like to figure out a way to get to, to, to you know, to open a pizzeria that, you know, was mine. And when you opened this place, um, you wanted to focus on grandma style. Like so you say a New York style here. I see a Detroit style, but a lot of grandmas in the middle here. What, what we wanted to do from early on was tell a story of pizza. And so grandma pizza for us, the story was compelling. It was a, something from my youth I could remember and connect to. And it was a way for me to share that part of my life with the pizza eaters of the neighborhood I was currently living in with downtown Las Vegas. And so 
the pizza inspiration for all the pizza styles that we serve, whether we're doing a Sicilian, a Detroit, a grandma, a Brooklyn style, a New York street slice. And I mean, it goes, the list can go on and on. I've been playing around with Roman pizzas now and learning those stories and trying to find a way to just put my own interpretation and express my feeling about what those stories mean to me personally and to my community. If you're not from the East Coast, and I know, I've seen lots of shops in New York will have Sicilians and grandmas and a regular slice, in Chicago and the rest of the country, very few people know what grandmas are. So how would you describe a grandma-style slice to someone? Well, before opening Good Pie, I spent a week at uh, King Umberto in, you know, um, in, on Hempstead um, in Elmont, New York. And they truly invented the grandma pizza there. Um, and there's that war going on, or not really a war, but just a rivalry between Umberto's and King Umberto's as to who sold the first grandma. But I... I was what year was that by the way roughly 1982 from 1978 to 82 depending on who you ask okay so the reality is um grandmas that were first generation italian american immigrants came here in the 1930s and started making this pizza at home and decades went by and generations of neighborhood kids grew up with this homemade pizza and so then they began to seek it out and pizzerias like umberto's and king umberto's and some others um started to sell it as a way of satisfying that grandma craving. The grandma pizza, if you're gonna describe it, it's, it's a thinner square. It's thinner than a Sicilian, it's crispy, it's lighter. Um, for me, the grandma has, is airier, but then there's a cracker thin almost version of it um, at some places, and some places go thicker where people are saying that's too thick to be a grandma. And so I think that um, all grandmothers made it a little bit differently and, and it rose different. So. In the world of grandmas, there's like a lot of different interpretations. Scott Wiener told me, and this is from Scott's Pizza Tours, told me that essentially the difference between a grandma and a Sicilian would be the Sicilian is dough pushed out into a rectangular pan that's been oiled, left to proof overnight so it does rise a bit, and then topped and baked the next day. Grandma, same day. There is no overnight proofing. Does that jibe with your understanding? I think so. I mean, I think that I've known people to make grandmas and do and they do proof them overnight. Um, and so I don't know if that is the true definition for, for everyone. But if it is for Scott, he's one of the most knowledgeable guys out there, then I'm gonna go with that. Not gonna argue with Scott, okay. <laughs> Not gonna mess with w that one. Wise man. Okay, um, let's talk about the Vegas pizza scene. You just completed this first ever Las Vegas Pizza Festival. Um, there were 20 plus people involved in this. I find that hard to believe. There's that many exciting pizzerias in Vegas. I think um, it's, it's shocking when you find all this quality right in your own backyard and um, John Arena, who is the owner of Metro Pizza and kind of the godfather of Vegas Pizza, and he's a mentor and a friend to all of us, he had this idea. We were driving back a couple years ago from the California Pizza Festival, and we stopped along the way for you know a quick bite to eat, and he was like, we could do this in Vegas, and we could do it with our own, our own people without bringing people in from another city. We could showcase all of our talent and diversity and the camaraderie and the um, cooperation that we have amongst each other. There's a culture of pizza making in Vegas where we're all brothers. The culture we have here is remarkable and I think it's amongst the best in the world simply because we have the commitment to truly investing in each other's success, right? Vegas is one of the big pizza cities in the world that, but it's the only one that doesn't have its own style. So what we're doing is we're a, we're a, we're a combination of all these different styles and people's interpretations about what they grew up on and then wanting to have it, and now being in Las Vegas and either trying to recreate your memory of what it was that you grew up on, or 
trying to honor a specific style by telling the story of the evolution of that style, which is what we do at Good Pie. You can get Roman Altaglia, there's a, there's a place on the strip that sells it, there's another place that's doing uh, Pizza Metro Roman style. A lot of Detroit, obviously Tony at Pizza Rock, and we're doing a Detroit, and there, there's a Detroit truck that popped up, and everyone came together at the Pizza Festival, and obviously Tony and John and, and, and the women in pizza that were there are kind of helping to lend their star power, their experience, and all their many world championships. Like, if you include Tony's world championships, Las Vegas has more world champions than any city in the history of pizza, and that's a true story. And talk about women in pizza. You mentioned uh, someone who just won the Caputo. Yeah, so Laura Meyer, um, one, of, one of the women in pizza, which is a movement of just recognizing the contributions that female pizza makers have made. She recently won the Caputo Cup in Italy, where the American division the American style or New York style was for the first time a category in an Italian combination on Italian soil. And so that's revolutionary for us, for a world pizza community to be coming together and for Italians to recognize New York pizza as something that's truly pizza is, uh, I think, a beautiful thing. That's so cool to hear because, yeah. as you know, this industry, it's a lot of dudes. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking with Vincent Rotolo about his unbelievably delicious grandma-style pies, how he makes them. We're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks, so stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're here in Las Vegas in the uh, the Pawn. Wait, what do you call this again? We're at the Pawn Plaza. We're at Good Pie. Pawn Plaza, <laughs> Good Pie with Vincent Rotolo. And we were talking in the last segment about some of the styles you do here. New York Slice, Detroit, Grandma. Let's walk over here to the window okay, and yeah, tell me about this it. Grandma style. It's a shorter, a little tighter. It's got this beautifully burnished, evenly browned crust on the outside. Um, would you call that a cornicione if it's not round? It, yes, yes, I will. I would call it a cornicione because um, there's air inside and there's certainly um, areas of the pizza that you're really going to see um, that crunch and that textural like uh, stability. Like there's no flop in a grandma pizza. There's None never, at all. Yeah. And how do you achieve this beautifully crisp undercarriage or skirt? Well, you know, what we're doing is we're, we're doing a proper ferment on our dough. It's like a three-day ferment. We're gonna be doing, uh, obviously, baking at the right temperature, but it's also controlling the amount of moisture that we're topping the pizza with. Like, everything we do is is weighed out, and it's very exact. And so if you're doing an ounce less or an ounce more of cheese um, or, or a topping, the amount of moisture is gonna affect the complexity and the, just the stability and all the, um, all the things we're going for in a crust. It's the less is more mentality of toppings because yep. Um, you, you know, you don't have to overtop the pizza. What we're we're trying to make a perfect balance. All about balance, absolutely. My, the term in my book is OBR, optimal bite ratio. You yeah. don't want to overwhelm it. So let's start with the, the dough. You are, are you using uh, caputo? What I'm kind using, of flour? Yeah, I'm using caputo americana. I'm blending it with some other stuff. We're also playing around with the caputo nuvola um, and the nuvola super, and that, that's something that I'm really getting involved in. We're gonna make a batch of that tonight. Notice how he said other stuff, and that will remain secret, obviously. No, there's no secrets. I mean, I think that um, uh, we, we do a blend because we're trying to uh, go on a longer ferment than the Italian flour really was built to go on. And so okay. um, that other stuff is gonna maintain a certain level of, of malt and sugar in the dough to allow the browning to uh, continue to be alive as the yeast and eats through the sugars. Um, There's a commercial yeast. 
Yeah, we're using a commercial yeast here, um, a baker's yeast. I know a lot of people making consistently delicious pizza using starters every day. And I wouldn't say it's a consistency thing for me. It was just a choice to um, try to honor the traditions that uh, were part of my upbringing. And when I was introduced to pizza making um, and also pizza eating, like those were the things that, um, the way that pizza was made. So that's my own choice. We do a double ferment, right? So um, we do a bulk ferment that's a larger uh, vessel. Um, we do that for the first day, overnight, 24 hours. Then we ball up and we put them inside of the metal, uh, the tins. Those are nine inch and 96 ounce tins. It's the biggest one you can get. And so we like that process for our dough. Um, it gives us the results we're looking for. Is there any truth to the, because sometimes in Chicago they say they want a really well-seasoned pan. When Lou Malnati's opens up a new place, yeah. they sort of seed it with the original pans from the old place. Yeah. You, that, that's true. Yeah, my, actually, grandma pans are 16 by 16 inch pans. They come from um, Home Slice Pizzeria in Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah. And so my pans are from the 80s, dude. They're like, they're old. And they were like, uh, you can't buy those old pans anymore. So when I was first opening, um, I had no money. And my friends from Home Slice sent me their old pans that I had to re-season and re-coat because they didn't have time to do it. So I got old pans, re-seasoned them all, and that's, that's how I got open here. So, yes, the old pan thing is true. Okay. Um, and then you par-bake it, or do you just you start topping it right away after the first day? It depends. Um, uh, the Detroits are par-baking. We're experimenting with par-baking some grandmas. Some grandma, grandmas we don't par-bake. And the round pies are, are never par-baked here. Um, as the air expands, you want to bake that pizza off when it's at that peak before it starts to deflate and lose the gas. And then do you do like an L&B thing where you're doing cheese and then sauce? Or they, like Sophia calls it an upside down or what we, do you, what's we that? We do stuff? an upside down, but they do a Sicilian, which is a lot thicker. We do an upside down grandma here. Okay. Um, that's a lot harder to make because we're putting a huge amount of cheese and sauce. So it's like double cheese, triple sauce, um, the sauce actually has to reduce on the pie while it bakes. I had a cheese grandma and a pepperoni um, with some beautiful, looks like hot honey, I think, and some chilies. Uh -huh. For the cheese, there's fresh mozzarella on that. Yeah, so on all of the grandma pizzas, we use fresh mozzarella. On the pizzas that we, we make that are called Brooklyn-style round pizza, we use a fresh mozzarella. Mm -hmm. And then we use a fresh mozzarella on our margarita pizza, but also the street slice is what you ate, and that's just uh, shredded grande. So okay. it's, um, I think a street slice is what you got in Manhattan and you got it out of a window and it, you got it really quick and you just grabbed it on the run. And in Brooklyn, things were a little slower. It was more of artisanal approach. People were making their own cheeses and getting a fresh mozzarella cheese on a standard slice was part of the artisan Brooklyn pizzerias that were in the neighborhoods that I was in. So that's why we do that Brooklyn style. But you like that grande from Wisconsin. I love the grande. Uh, we played around with a lot of other cheeses, but... We just can't compromise what we get from Grande. Tomato sauce, kind of a sauce using tomatoes. I'm using Chow Authentica tomato uh, from Italy. Um, I think it has a really delicious um, earthiness and a wonderful acidity. And most of the sauces that I think um, are the California sauces that we looked at were a little bit sweeter. So um, for our marinara or our cooked sauce that we do, we top the Detroit's. We want a sweeter uh, flavor of the chi of the sauce on that caramelized cheese. So we uh, blend the Italian with the Bianco di Napoli oh, yeah. to, to get that perfect balance, right? And so that sweetness of the Bianco di Napoli with the acidity of the chow is an amazing um, extra feature on, a, on, a, on another sauce. That's uh, the cooked sauce. But our pizza sauce that goes on pre 
uh, pre-bake is always 100% chow um, from Italy, which we love. And I saw the pepperoni, it's cup and char here. My knee jerk, of course, my question was, oh, it's Esso from uh, Columbus, Ohio. No, it's Rosa Grande, you said. Well, Rosa Grande has a thicker crust. Uh, 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 so they have a, a few different variations of the Rosa Grande, but it just, I haven't found anything better. You know, initially I was like, oh, this can't be good because it's Hormel and Hormel's a big company. But if you look past that into actually trying the product, it's the best pepperoni on the market. Yeah, and you like it because you're baking it a little bit longer. And so you said if it was, uh, if it was, so it might burn and you, you can't afford to have it burn well, too much. that was my experience. I think other people, I don't know what other people are baking at, right? But if I was, I'm baking at 585, 590. And so if I'm doing that for 10 minutes, the Ezzo was browning on me quicker than the pizza was. So it just, that was my own experience. I love Darren. He's a great guy. He's one of the ambassadors of our industry. He sends me pepperoni that I use all the time. And so um, I just use Rosa Grande because it's my own personal preference. But I know people that absolutely love Ezzo and they're, and they're happy with it. And it works because they have um, a, a, an oven temp that they're getting great results. And tell me about this crumb. It's beautiful. It's it's somewhat tight, but it's got a, like a, an airiness to it. This is a 61% hydration dough. Okay. Um, but because it's Italian flour and it's milled at a double zero, so it's much finer. So it's like uh, Americana is like a higher protein, like finer milled flour. And so there's also no potassium bromate. There's no, it's non-bromated, right? And, and Falco would be happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just think that... Um, if you look at some of the flowers that people are using on the East Coast that are old school, that haven't changed, um, they're getting great results, but there are things in these flowers that over the years you learned are just not great for your body, right? Yeah. And so we're, we're always gonna create pizza from the place of wanting to nurture because we honor the tradition of the grandma and that's what she means to us. And if it's not the most nutritious, most beneficial, most organic, highest quality thing we can find, it's not a good pie. I wanna ask about the Detroit here that you've started doing relatively recently. Um, a bit higher, more crumb, beautiful frico. Um, it reminded me kind of of what Apollonia does in LA, that sort of high lacy frico the edge. Cheese crumb, Cheese yeah. crumb, cheese crown. Yeah. Um, how do you achieve this? And are you using traditional brick cheese or are you using a blend like a lot of guys are doing these days? We're a tiny room and we don't have storage for different dough ball sizes. So every pizza is the same dough ball size. Every pizza is the same batch. So we're, Doing things like if I had a bigger space or more ovens or like 6,000 square feet, like I would have a different formula for my grandma, a different one for my Detroit, a different formula for the round pie and so on and so forth, but I don't. So the thickness of our Detroit is based on that. Um, we're using grande cheese again across the board. We don't have time for different cheeses. We find if you apply the grande cheese, which is high in butter fat in the correct way when you really research your portions and be consistent with it, we just found the right ratio of grande that gives us the frico crust that we want. It's gorgeous. It really is beautiful. Okay, final question. We ask everybody on the podcast, knowing what you know now about pizza, and you have certainly had a lifetime of pizza experience, but knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself, gosh, eight, nine years ago before you opened up this joint um, about how to be successful? I think um, you have to be connected to the, the art of what you're doing emotionally and in as many ways as you possibly can. Making pizza or running a restaurant or being uh, in this business, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not glamorous. You know, you look at the stars of the industry and they're out there on, you know, social media or on TV and you're seeing this like thing that it's not really what it is. It's a lot of work. So if you love it, if you truly are passionate about it, those hard days are just going to be one step closer to making better pizza every day.
you know, I, I consumed pizza three quarters of my life before I sold a pizza. I just have a true appreciation and love for a good pie. Even the hard days are like not so hard when you think about that I'm now doing what I've always kind of wanted to do. So my advice is know that this is really what you want to do for the right reasons before you try to go down the path to opening your own spot because it's tough and you gotta, you gotta really want it. I don't believe in a work-life balance if you love what you're doing for work. Well, my advice would be if you're coming to Las Vegas, get off the strip. Don't necessarily go to that hidden place at the Cosmopolitan, which I'm sure is fine, but get off the strip, go to Good Pie, and get at least one of each slice. Vincent Rotolo, thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out and talking pizza, and uh, thank you so much, guys. And just a reminder, he is going to open up that shop in the Arts District this spring. I know he's trying to get it open by the time the Pizza Expo comes to Vegas, which is at the end of March. So if you are going to that, take a look at the the second Good Pie. Um, It's going to be in the Arts District on Main Street. Okay. Coming up in two weeks, we celebrate our one-year anniversary with a trip to New York City and a unique conversation. So it's just got this beautiful airy cornichon. It's just, you know, the crust is super thin. There's absolutely no gum line. It's almost like the perfect, that ratio, whenever I think of, I want crust to sauce to cheese for a New York City slice. And I want that meld, you know, where the sauce and the cheese kind of come together and they're not one thing or the other. They're kind of this new thing. Um, It's got all of that. It just had, you know, the right bite. All year long, we've talked to the people who make the pizzas, but for the first show of 2020, we talked to Arthur Bovino, the guy behind the Daily Meal's 101 Best Pizzas in America list, as well as a pizza-heavy Instagram account, at NYC Best Pizza. We'll talk about the business of rating and reviewing pizza, and what a New York-based pizza writer looks for in a great slice. That's in two weeks on January 3rd. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram. And for more information about the book and our weekly tours, visit us at PizzaCityUSA.com. By the way, I'm on all social media at Steve Delinsky. That's with a Y. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in the Loop, where Palermo's 95th Pride of Oak Lawn is currently baking its Southside Chicago thin pizzas for the next few months. Extra beef and jardinier, please. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great holiday, a very happy new year, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always. Mm-hmm.